This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jackie Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7 and we have a special guest. But if you're a Wahoo's 24-7 subscriber, you already know who he is. It's Michael Kieran from Wahoo's 24-7. He's our amazing student intern. Michael, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This is your first time. Glad to finally get on. Um, so if you're not familiar with Michael, he has done an excellent job on Wahoo's 24-7 since coming on. Um, a lot of you really loved his five takeaways during the Virginia basketball season, and he's going to be back now for, for football. He'll be with me at the spring game on Saturday, and he'll be doing those takeaways again after the spring game, so you'll have that to look forward to. But today on the podcast, we'll be talking about the spring game, previewing what we want to see, and what storylines we'll be watching as Virginia football takes the field for the first time since last season. Uh, Michael, there's a lot of key storylines that we'll be watching, and I want to turn to you first. Uh, what are What is the one thing, one storyline that kind of grabs your attention right off the bat? I think the wide receiver position. We don't. There's no real experience here of them. The Northwestern transfer Malik Washington. We don't. We haven't seen a lot of the other guys. I mean, Malachi Fields has caught a handful of passes here. J.R. Wilson had a few last year. Demeek Starling, but we don't really know where they all stand, where the hierarchy is there heading into the spring game. It'll be interesting to see who Musket especially targets a lot on the outside. Yeah, and, and you know, we're going to talk about football more whenever uh, you know it's Michael. I don't know about you, but every time I talk about football, and we're this is a, another milestone for this program, it's hard to focus on football without saying that this is going to be the first time that these young men are going to be on the field since the tragic shooting in November. And, and I don't want to diminish that storyline by just focusing on football. So I do want to just say that this is going to be emotions out there for, for the players. And it's going to be it, it, like Tony Elliott said in a press conference a few weeks ago, every, this year is going to be filled with these milestones for these players who are obviously it's going to experience Scott Stadium without three men that they've played with. Um, so that's obviously something that's going to be uh, a little close to home for these players, but we're going to focus more on football. I just wanted to mention that because we can never forget about those three young men. So I wanted to kind of go with that too, especially since Mike Collins will be on the field and I was going to bring up the running backs um, because it's such a remarkable story to see Mike Collins and the strength of character that he has had to come back, not just physically, but 
what he had to overgo through mentally. And obviously he explained that in detail and such a frank, candid interview with us. So I, like you mentioned the wide receivers, I'm curious about the running backs. That's a position battle that I'm curious with. There's a lot of talent there. You have Paris Jones, Mike Collins, Kobe Pace, uh, the Brown, Xavier Brown, Cody Brown, not related. Um, so you have all those guys there and it's such a talented group, especially when I'm on Faustin, well, I didn't mention the group. He came back from injury last year. So I'm, I'm curious on what they're going to do with so much talent. You know, they're obviously missing guys in the slot. When you mentioned the wide receiver, what are they going to do in the slot without Billy Kemp? Do they go with, you know, Malik Washington or freshman Jaden Gibson, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but, or maybe bring Xavier Brown and work him in the slot. So that is something that I'm curious about. And if you notice the theme here, when we're talking about storylines and the first two things that Michael and I mentioned was offensive units. Because honestly, the big thing that I think everybody wants to see is how far this offense has come during this spring ball with new pieces like quarterback Tony Musket. Obviously, you know, he's in a quarterback battle with uh, quarterback Jay Wolfick, who's been splitting his time with baseball. And then you have other guys like Malik Washington. You have Yugan Lanon on the offensive line. You have a new offensive line coach. You have a new wide receiver coach, Adam Mims. So, Michael, what, what is something offensively that you want to see on Saturday or what do you expect to see on Saturday? I, I'm really interested to see Kobe Pace. He had an, an electric year for, for Clemson, even as I don't even I think he was even their lead back back when uh, Tony Elliott was still there in 2021. It's six, over 600 yards, six touchdowns. That, that's more production than any of the backs had for UVA last year. It'd be interesting to see whether Elliott shows some favoritism there at all, just from experience or just sort of where he stands with the rest of those guys. Yeah, during spring ball right now, we've seen a lot of Paris Jones, a lot of Mike Collins rotating with the ones. That's been kind of the, the steady flow. We've seen somewhat, some Kobe pace there, but when uh, the 30 minutes that we've had once a week during spring ball, it's been a lot of Paris Jones, Mike Collins. Uh, Mike Collins, they've been, like I mentioned earlier, he's recovering from, from the shooting, and his injuries were really affecting his core, so they were limiting his contact. They were talking to doctors. Obviously, it's a miracle in itself that he's back on the field when doctors said that they didn't know if he was going to be able to put on his socks by himself six months. In six months, and here we go, in six months, he's playing uh, contact football. So they're easing him back in, so we're going to see how much his limited reps are. So, yeah, for sure, you know, you're looking at Kobe Pace. Uh, I'm just wanting to see if there's any chemistry and if the offense is more in sync than it was last year during the spring. Last year, we saw that they weren't quite in sync. We saw things weren't flowing as quickly. And a lot of that was they're adapting to a new system. Now these coaches brought in guys that fit their system, like Tony Musket. That is a quarterback that they recruited. Jay Wolfick, you know, we've heard he's electric. We've heard that he has so many capabilities. I'm curious to see him leading an offense when he's not the number two guy, when he's, when he's fighting for that number one spot. I'm also curious to see Anthony Colandrea, the true freshman quarterback that came in under center. Um, you know, because Wolfuck has not been able to throw the ball every spring practice, he's one quarterback that I will admit, I was like, wow, he's a true freshman. He seems at ease under center when we've seen him. He's thrown a couple good passes. I like the fact that he saw, he read the defense. There was one practice where he read the defense well, saw what was happening, moved to his right side and got the ball out. And that was touchdown this or to Demi Starling in that practice. So he has shown that moxie. So I just want to see where this offense is. And Des Kitchings was pretty candid in his interview with us. He said he's as pissed as he as the fans are about where the offense was last year. 
Um, he said, yes, there was drops last year. Uh, there was turnovers last year. Uh, the sacks, all these things didn't help the offense produce the numbers that they expected. But he also said this offense is now invested. Um, he said players are more invested than last year. There's been a kind of theme this spring about buying in, about buying in, two feet in the water, like Tony Ellie likes to say. So the people have seen that. We've heard from people behind the scenes, too, saying that there's a different attitude among the players. So that's the attitude I want to see on Saturday on the offense. You know, there's a lot of talk. I want to see the stuff on the offense because it does look like there's more, um, I guess, more chemistry or just they're just more in sync, understand things better. Obviously, it's year two, so it seems to be better camaraderie there, too. So that's what I'm looking at. But defensively, Michael, uh, you know, there's a lot of good things that we saw from defense last year, but they are having some depth issues in certain positions. So what are you looking at when you're looking at the defense and Coach Rudd's group? I think you have to look at corner. And they brought in Tavon Kyle from from Iowa State. He's going to have to play a big role. He's he's their, the number one corner right now. Who, who else can – who how well is he going to play? Who's going to play opposite him? Is it going to be Cohen? We know Cohen King has been working out there as well, moving down from safety. How, how does how do the does he fare and how does he pair up with the other guys because they don't seem to have a lot of depth right now at corner after the we had you know Anthony Johnson and Fentrell Cypress just dominant last year two of the best corners in the ACC if not if not the two best and they're both gone that's a huge hole to fill I mean that would be a huge hole to fill no matter what team it is so how how do you kind of account for that Kyle's gonna have to be that guy he has to be. Yeah, they were the yin and yang of the Virginia uh, football team secondary because Fitchell Cypress is probably the quietest guy on that unit, while Anthony Johnson is far from quiet. Um, Johnson's uh, personality is certainly infectious, and he's going to be missed on that defense. Um, he's certainly a leader, but he was also a friend. It was remarkable that he was actually a transfer from Louisville because when you see him and you talk to him and you talk to the other teammates, you never would have guessed he was a transfer just by how – how just he just fit in immediately. And he's still around the program. Obviously, right now he's meeting with NFL teams. He had a meeting with the Miami Dolphins. But in the, in the leading up to the pro day, he was there with the team. He was still with Coach Rudd, Coach Cox, with the team, talking to the youngsters. So he was certainly one. And we got to point out that some DBs are not practicing. You know, Elijah Gaines is a corner that is expected to feature next year. He has not played because he is injured. And Jonas Senker on safety is another guy. That has been playing, but obviously on safety, they have a little bit more depth with the addition of Cam Kelly, too, and those adventurers like Antonio Clary. So, and we mentioned Anthony Johnson, a leader of the defense. Another leader in the defense now back is Nick Jackson. So I know that when I asked about the leader to coach John Radzinski, the defensive coordinator, he kind of shrugs like, you know what? There's another uh, local kid called another Jackson called James Jackson. Uh, that's a pretty good inside linebacker. And he started to praise a kid that, Wanted to be in Virginia. He is at Virginia, and they're seeing a lot of progress from him. But that is a group that we'll be looking at, too. We talk about depth at corner. There's a lot of young depth at linebacker. Not much experience, but a lot of young depth. Um, and they even moved Lex Long into that group. You know, obviously, if you look at Lex's physique, he's a, he's a pretty – his weight and the way his body is framed, you would see him possibly move from safety to linebacker, or at least be a safety that's close to the box. Michael, what is your impression of the linebackers, and who do you want to see in that group? I think Stevie Bracey has to be the guy to, to watch for on Saturday in the spring game. He was the, a guy they talked staff talked about a lot towards the end of the year. As somebody, even though we weren't seeing a ton of him on the field, we're seeing more and more season went on, and just somebody that they thought was 
that they like, somebody who was making progress. Now he's, you know, into this next year, the second year. Where does how much of a step does he take? There's, you know, we've got Josh Ahern. He's out right now during spring ball. So somebody has to step up to kind of fill in that next slot next to James Jackson. I think Stevie Bracey is, seems like the favorite there. He's kind of that guy that they, he was the next up last year, but it'll be interesting to see where whether he is that guy alongside Jackson on Saturday and how well he plays. Yeah, the linebacker group, like I said, has a lot of youngsters. Uh, Stevie Bracey's in his second year, another Atlanta native. Him and actually Nick Jackson's family, the two families are pretty close. They had some epic tailgates, so I hear, uh, during the season last year. Um, so, yeah, that's the name for everybody to know. The other name is Trey McDonald. He's also uh, from the same class. Actually, it, it, if you watched our new class or listened to our new class podcast around this time last year, you would have known that Stevie Bracey and Trey McDonald were the jokesters of the class with very big personalities. So it's so those are the two guys that um, are on that linebacker core that for you to know. And then obviously in the fall, there'll be addition of Cam Robinson. So the linebacker unit does have a lot of depth. When you look at talent, it's just, you know, there are going to be some experience that needs more experience and playing time. So we're going to take a little bit of break, Michael. But when we come back, we're going to talk about individual players that we feel are going to be raising their stock in this game, um, which veterans and rookies we're looking forward to see, and which, um, what, what are our final thoughts on the spring game. So we'll be right back. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I got to play. I'm going to play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. And welcome back to the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack French Julie for Wahoo's 24-7. That's Michael Kieran, also our Wahoo's 24-7 writer. Michael, we were talking about the spring game. We just kind of talked about the key storylines. We'll be watching some position battles that we kind of keyed on. Um, now let's talk about individual guys. The spring is always a chance for guys to move up the depth chart. It's always a chance for you to raise your stock. You do it slowly and you progress during spring practice. And then it comes to that spring game where fans get to see you and you, you kind of try to prove yourself in game time situations. Who do you feel has improved most this spring or can really benefit from a good spring game? I think Cohen King is the, is the really interesting one. It, it's in part in it, taking advantage of sort of an opening with at, at that corner spot. I mean, as we said, Elijah Gaines is out, um, and they have multiple safeties. They have the depth back there, and they've moved him down to corner. So it, if he can solidify that, maybe he even holds on to that spot. Maybe he can take advantage of that. This spring game is a, is a big spot for him. If he can prove that he you know can hold, hold down the corner spot outside, uh, opposite of uh, Tavon Kyle. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think there's this spring game is actually a 
interesting situation for the staff because some of their key veterans are out. Like, you know, you look at Chico Bennett, he's not being able to play. You have Aaron Famui, he's not being able to play on the defensive side. So for me, I think, you know, we even didn't even talk about the O-line earlier in the first half, but I think those guys, a lot of them are going to be fighting for reps and you're going to see them raise their stock. Ty Furnish is one that could really, you know, he's getting more used to his, his quarterback and he's getting used to Terry Heffernan's coaching style. Uh, Uganda Nana is a new name as well. Mikhail Boley on the O-line. He started that first game for Virginia last year. So obviously the O-line, every single one of them can raise their stock because they're going to be playing together. They've been able, unlike last year where they had to kind of figure out a way to get guys on the field, they actually have numbers to put out two different offensive lines. So those guys can raise their stock. And I know a lot of people will focus on the offense because you're looking at, you know, uh, Jaden Gibson, a true freshman who's got with the ones. You're looking at anyone in the wide receiver running back room can raise their stock with good performances or anyone in the tight end room like Carson Gay. I think those guys that are number two or three on the depth chart on the defensive side can really raise their stock. Um, like Michael Diatta, he has been one guy that has been really spoken highly about by many members of the staff. Um, with Famui gone, he's been rotating a lot with the ones. And the way that Coach Rudd, Coach Downey, and Coach Lay like it, they like to rotate several guys in. They like to have those guys fresh. That's how they want to do it. That's how they want to do it on Saturday. So having guys like Micah Diatta inside, uh, Tara, Jonna, Tara Jones, excuse me, go in there and also be available for them to rotate to see, you know, he's a red shirt freshman um, defensive lineman. He's moved inside. So you have those two inside Bryce Carter also moved inside. So that little battle right there among young guys in that DT position, I'm curious to see who can raise their stock. And I think Michael Diaz has done a good job so far. And you have Ben Smiley on the edge. He moved inside last year. Now he's back on the outside. He's one I'm curious too, because the staff, again, just like last spring, last fall, have been really quick to praise him. So I'm curious to see his stock and his reason, again, because you're going to have Chico Bennett and Cam Butler being your number one. Chico's out, Cam Butler, he's also playing at Bandit sometimes this spring. So you're wondering, like, Paul Akiri, Ben Smiley, who's next in the lineup when it comes to DN? So that's something that, uh, that's the battle that we're talking. I guess the D-line doesn't get much talk about position battles because they've been they're such a veteran unit. So uh, that that's why I, I feel like those guys in the 2s and the 3s can really improve their stock right now. Um so that's uh so that is my take on that and then that actually moves to the next stage is the spring game the spring is also veterans want to you know keep their spot because there's there's transfers coming in, there might be new guys coming in. So which veteran and then which rookie do you want to see this Saturday? I mean, again, I, I, I keep going back to Cohen King, but I think it's just so important that of how well he plays. They're, they're short at corner. He, he, he has to, he has to make some noise. He's been solid for, for them at safety the last, you know, handful of years. He's already been at, uh, at UVA. So how can, how can he fill in that role? And then when it comes to the rookies, it, it's gotta be Jaden Gibson. It, it's a guy they've said, um, we know we've heard he's uh, in contention for you know pun re returning punts. Wide receiver room also wide open. We, not not a ton of experience there. He could he could get a lot of snaps there. So between those two, it's just sort of he, he has a, a a good chance to to make an impact, uh, and we'll get to see that uh, firsthand on Saturday. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny when uh, when I talked to Jaden for the first time during his recruitment, and I saw his stats, I saw his tape, I was like. 
how is this guy hidden so well in Georgia? I mean, I, I get Georgia, and, and honestly, the Southeast is loaded with talent, but I'm like, like how is Jaden Gibson being not recruited by other programs? He seemed like a type of guy that could be uh, quite a weapon at a few programs. So Jaden was definitely a good sleeper prospect that we were watching, especially because he was going to early enroll. And he's definitely proved that point by, by rotating in with the ones and the twos. Uh, he's not only rotating in the ones and twos and wide receiver unit, he was working with a slot with the ones, uh, one of the practices we were at, but he was also working at punt return too. So he's, it seems like Jaden's working his way into possibly playing time and not redshirting this year. So that is one, one guy that I'm curious to, so I'm with you on that. But as far as rookies, I'm counting guys also that have redshirted. So when it comes to rookie guys that haven't played, you know, we don't know how much Dakota Tweedy will be able to factor in this spring game. He was still wearing his green uh, jersey uh, the other day when he was playing. He's working back from his knee injury. But if he does play, I mean, if you had to look at a wide receiver and look the part, I mean, that guy looks the part. When you look at him, you're like, that's a big wide receiver. And I know a lot of people are excited to see him play. So if he's able to play, that's someone that I want to see. But I'm curious to see tight end Carson Gay. He's another guy, when you look at him, you think, that guy looks the part. And I think... Uh, you know, I know the group has two veterans in Grant Mish and Sackett Wood, but Carson Gay looks like an intriguing prospect. So I'm curious to see how he does um, if he gets some reps on Saturday at that 10 end position. And as far as veterans, I mean, it's, it was hard for me to pick one because when you look at it, you could go with, you know, uh, uh, you know, Cam Butler when he moves to Bandit. I'm curious to see how he does there. I'm curious to see Antonio Clary this year. Last year he was injured for a number of games. So I'm clear to see him, but honestly, I would count Tony Musket as a veteran because he's, he's been playing college ball for a while. So, and you always go back to that quarterback position because at the end of the day, that quarterback position will decide how well your offense is run. So I, I'm going to pick Tony Musket as my guy that I'm a veteran that I'm curious to see because he can determine how far this offense can go. Um, I know there's a quarterback battle with, with Jay Wolfick, too, but again, we don't know how how much time he's able to play because he does have baseball still. So, and I think uh, we're actually going to meet later on Thursday. This podcast is being recorded before that press conference with Tony Elliott, so we'll know how a little bit more what Jay Wolfe's going to do. But I'm picking Tony Musket as my uh, my big veteran that I'm curious to see because again, we've been hearing he's been completing over seventy percent of his passes. We've been hearing he's got a cannon of an arm. I want to see it. So uh, I expect him to make some noise, and I expect fans to see what we've been hearing uh from the last few weeks um so michael finally if you had to pick the biggest thing that you want to take away from the game what is something that you want to leave feeling or what is something that you you want to learn more about by the end of saturday afternoon i mean i think the obvious one would be quarterback and that battle between wolfhook and and musket but we don't really know how much we're going to see especially of wolfhook given that it's still baseball season so I think I'll go more uh, towards the receivers. Who who is Musket? Who's Musket throw the throwing the ball to a lot? Does he have a favorite guy, or is he spreading it around? How well is he spreading it around? I, you were just talking about it, but quarterback is just, it's just too important for that. Not I mean, all eyes are going to be on on Musket I, uh, for everyone, every fan. That that, that is the position that it, it's most important. It, it nothing else matters if if you don't have a a, a good quarterback. No, that's true. That quarterback is definitely the key to your offense. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that offense runs. So 
Uh, Michael, thanks so much for uh, kind of breaking things down with us. Um, for those of you who will be attending the game, the game will kick off at 2 o'clock. It will also be streamed and live on ACC Network on Saturday starting at 2 o'clock. Uh, the, the players will be available for autographs after the game. Now, before the game, uh, there will also be Wahoo Walk, and that will be uh, between 1230 and 1245. So be there. Um, usually the players and the coaches will walk through so you can high-five them or see them. So that will be a, um, also during the spring. And that also occurs during the season too, but that will be back during the spring game. Obviously, like we mentioned, um, this will be the first opportunity for the players to get back to Scott Stadium since last November. So it will definitely be a, an emotional time for these guys. So. Again, thank you so much for Michael for joining us. And for everyone else, if you like what you're hearing, why don't you go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. We're available there. And also subscribe to your YouTube channel, like this, like this video, and also click on the bell so that you're notified wherever there's a new video. So for Michael, I'm Jack Franchula, and I hope you guys have a good rest of your week, and I hope you guys enjoy the spring game. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Ha! Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes!